We're talking about a just man. We're talking about someone who is really interested and concerned about himself and what he's going to do and be and what contribution he's going to make to this world. He's a just man. And if he falls seven times, he's going to get back up again. The difference, the difference in a success and a failure, a success got up again. You know? And I, whenever, whenever I uh, became pastor here at this church, the Lord put it in my spirit that this was the place to start over. And everybody at one time or other in your life, you just need a new start. You just need a fresh new way to begin again. And um, we're so thankful to be a part of that. I was, I was reading about Michael Jordan, who is considered to be the greatest basketball player that ever played in the NBA. That might be arguable since, um, since we have some players now that were not playing at the time. <clears throat> but he was the rookie of the year in 1985. He was the defensive player of the year in 1988. Fourteen times he was an all-star. Six times he was the most valuable player. Six times he had NBA championships. And um, I, would, I would guess that you'd say he was at the very pinnacle of NBA success. But in the Michael Jordan commercial, he says... I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, himself personally. 26 times I missed the game-winning shot. I've failed over and over and over in my life. And that is why I succeed. The story of Michael Jordan is one filled with failure. One after the other after the other. He was actually cut from his high school basketball team. But I want you to know failure is never final. Unless you make it final. That's your choice and that's your decision. If you decide that it's over, then it's over. But if you decide, I'm going to get back up and go again, then you can turn that obvious failure into success. And I wanted, to, I wanted to read that to you because I want to talk to you today. I hear so many people talk about having such a hard and tough row to hoe in this day. This is a difficult age that we're living in. We've got, we've got violence that we never thought we would see in our lifetime. Who would have ever dreamed that it wouldn't even be safe for our children to go to school? Who would have ever thought something like that could happen in this nation of ours? I grew up in a generation where we didn't even have a lock on any of the doors in our house. There wasn't even a lock. You couldn't even lock it. I mean, everybody in the neighborhood... You know, we were friends with each other. We helped each other. And we didn't worry about somebody coming into our house when we were gone. We just pulled the door to and uh, wasn't even a way to lock it. Then finally, 
You know, being a sharecropper, we had to move once in a while. We finally moved into a house that had a lock on the door that used a skeleton key. Anybody ever seen a skeleton key? Well, you know a skeleton key fits everybody's door. I, I still yet today don't understand why you would invent a key that will open everyone's front door. Why you have a key? Just an amazing thing. But this is a, this is a day that we're living in that I just want to challenge you. Don't get down, get ready. Because I believe that the best is ahead. Praise God. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, I wanted to read that verse of Scripture to you before I go any further in the comments that I want to say. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want to read it again. Being confident. Now your confidence is not in yourself. That's where we get in trouble. Because we think that we have the ability to do things. And when it doesn't turn out like we wanted it to turn out, we tend to put ourselves down as a result of that. But the confidence is not in the arm of flesh. The confidence is in the Word of God. The Word of God has been spoken and it is forever and it isn't going to change. Praise God. It is settled and it is sealed forever. So being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want you to turn again to Luke chapter 15. Verses 8 and 9. I want you to remember God's great love for us and how He rejoices over us. Can you imagine God rejoicing over you? And God rejoicing over me? Remember, we're His masterpiece creation. When He made all of the other parts of creation, He looked at them and it was good. But when he made man, and he looked at man after he had made him, the Bible declares it was very good. I like that very in there. That puts a little extra oomph to it, you know. That makes it just mean a little bit more. And I, I want to stop right here, and, 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 and I want to say that this year, Goodman woman on the front seat over here, that woman preached to us last Sunday night. In that ignite, boy. I feel a little bit intimidated this morning because she did an awesome job. I really, I really love what God is raising up. I really love what the Lord is doing. It has been some concern of mine, and, and I have expressed it, that one of my concerns is that I don't have more people in the church whom the Lord is raising up and, and feeling the urgency and the burden of the gospel. As Brother West mentioned to us earlier, how Billy Graham is passing the mantle of the ministry on to this next generation. 
I want to see men and women of God who will rise up like a mighty army and take authority over the works of the enemy in this day. Hallelujah. But I wanted you to see that. I want you to look at, the Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 and 9, either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And verse 9 says, And when she hath found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I have lost. I want you to know God is rejoicing over us today. He spared no expense to find you. Wes mentioned that this morning. I said, boy, get off of my sermon. He mentioned that God will find you. This, this is the only religion in the world where God is searching for man. Every other religion on the face of the earth is man searching for God. But the Christian one is God searching for man. And He spared no energy and He spared no expense to find you. He found you. It didn't matter if you were living in a little sharecropper shack like I was living in or if you were living in the big house on the hill like, like John Spires lived in. You know, God will find you wherever you are because what God has for you is greater than any plans that you have for yourself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He sent His Son. He sent the Holy Spirit. He even sent the angels after you. He was willing to round up every force in heaven to find you and to arrest you and to put you under His command because He knows that's the only way that you'll ever find true happiness in your life is when you give it up all in order to follow Him. And so whenever we worship Him, God is rejoicing over us. Wow, that's exciting for me. Glory to God. Have you, ever, have you ever walked into your children's bedroom at night when they're small and you watch them sleep? You ever wa walked in there when suddenly the day is quiet and the lights are down low and you just stand in the doorway and just watch them sleep and think about my how God has blessed me. You are rejoicing over your children. And I want to tell you, God is rejoicing over you today. When we gather together here, when we push aside all of those distractions and all of those other things that would try to keep us from worshiping God, and we're able to put them aside, and we're able to come to the house of God, and we're able to worship Him in spirit and in truth, then God is worshiping and rejoicing over us. I'm thankful today. I want to give Him something to rejoice about. I've made about as big a mess out of my life at times as anybody could make. 
But God has never one time turned His back on me. He has never one time refused to listen to me when I pray. He has never one time walked away from me. There was a lot of other people who would walk away and will walk away. But he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. So I want you to know he's rejoicing over you today. He's rejoicing that you decided to make a decision to follow him. Hallelujah. It's so wonderful to see how God is rejoicing over us. Hallelujah. I want to give Him something to rejoice about. Hallelujah. Then I want you to be reminded of the fact that God is working in you. Remember the scripture I read. He that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now that work might have started yesterday or that work might have started a long time ago. It might have started when you were just a child visiting a little vacation Bible school and somebody spoke the Word of God to you and, and it found a special place in your heart and you began to fall in love with Him. It could have started, you know, when you were in a revival service and the Holy Spirit convicted you of the lifestyle that you were living and you were willing and able to turn your life over to God and the Lord began that work in you. But you know along the way sometimes we have a tendency to get a little slack with these projects. Maybe you're the kind of man you start six different projects and never complete a one of them. I had, I had a next door neighbor. Well, a friend of ours, he was next door, but later on we moved a little further down the street. But he loved to start these projects. He had, he had these long pillars sticking up in the air that he was going to put a top on that thing so he'd have room under there to park these high vehicles that he had. You know, these big boats and all this stuff. So he put these long old pillars that went about as high as this ceiling here. And there they were, six of them, sticking up in the field back there with nothing else on it. He was going to do it. And all of a sudden, he's doing something else. And he never got the top put on it. Anybody married to somebody like that? I saw some hands go up, but I ain't calling no names. Well, I want to tell you, God started that project in your life. He invested in you. He sent His one and only Son to die for you. Wow. Talk about an investment. Now, I love all of you guys and gals, but I don't know a single one of my children I'd want to give in order for you to be saved. I hate to say it, maybe I need to be holy enough that I could say, you know, I'm willing to let one of them die so you could live. I ain't going to do it because God did it. I don't have to do it. But I want to tell you, He started something in you. Don't you be satisfied to let that thing die. Don't you be satisfied to turn away from it just because things get hard 
and people turned their back on you and people you thought you could depend on, all of a sudden you can't depend on them anymore and now you've just given up and you've decided it must not have been the will of God for you to be able to do that. I want to tell you, God has not changed His mind. God is not a different God. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. When God called me to preach the Word, there's never been anything that has happened in my life that has made me want to stop preaching the Word. Now, I've made some stupid mistakes. Can I tell you I'm not perfect? Does that bother you? If that bothers you, you're probably in the wrong church. If, if you're a perfect person, you probably don't need to hang around with us, folks. Because, I mean, we're starting over. <laughs> Hello. Amen. Glory to God. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't work and try with everything that is in me to be like the Lord and to be, be obedient to His commands. But I want you to know when a just man falls down, he's not going to stay down. He's going to get right back up again. Glory to God. Because if you stay down, you're admitting defeat and God won't be able to do anything with you. There's not a question in my mind. We've got people in here that you're nowhere near where you should be with God because... I don't see you developing and maturing and blossoming into what the Lord has already started in your life and He wants to see you break out of that junk that has been having you tied down for so long. These generational curses that go from mom to daughter to granddaughter right on down the line. We need to break free from that stuff. You don't have any curse on you. If you are a child of God, the curse has been broken and Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Excuse me if I get more excited than you do. Glory to God. But we've allowed, we've allowed ourselves to swallow what Satan has thrown at us. You don't have to be like so-and-so at the church who goes every time the door is open. You don't have to go to prayer night. I mean, after all, you ain't done nothing bad all day. Why should you go to prayer time tonight? I mean, you don't have to go every Sunday. You don't have to pay your tithes. I mean, they should have known better than to build that big old building out there. And, and, and try to have all these nice things. We could have done with a lot less. You know, I don't think I ought to be required to pay for it. We've, we, have, we have swallowed. We have swallowed the lies of the devil. And you think the church is after your money. I got news for you. You need to give your tithes. Because you can't outdo God. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you give. God will give it back to you many times over. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't tell everybody what I make, but you can look at my tithe check today. It's 20% of what I drew for the month. 20. Now the Bible requires 10, but I want that double portion, see? I want to go a step further. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then when the light bill comes, I'm going to say, God, we got a light bill. I don't know about you, but I've decided Duke Energy loves money. I've decided the Florence Water Department really loves money. We had a $700 water bill for the church two months ago. So I've decided the Florence Water Department loves money also. But I just want to tell you, God will not let you down. He's working in you. You see, the way to get somewhere with God is to give up and let Him be in control. You've got to die to yourself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, (laughs) glory to God. Hey, man, I can live by the power of him who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm telling you, God is heavily invested in your life. He wants the best for you. He don't want you walking around talking about how bad everything is. He's not interested in hearing your sob story. God wants to hear you bless Him in spite of everything, in spite of what's going on. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. God is working in me. And if I'm letting God work in me, He's bringing changes into my life. Some of those changes come pretty easily once I recognize they need to be changed. But they some of that stuff that took root a long time ago and God's having to chisel it out. Now everybody don't know about chisels. All you guys know what a chisel is. And you know it takes some force with a chisel to break through something. But I'm telling you by the power of the Holy Ghost that the Lord sent to this world to get him a bride ready, God's able to chisel out of your life that junk that don't need to be there, this bit embedded in there and that took root in there a long time ago, God is able to chisel that thing out of your life and make you a whole new creation in Jesus Christ the Lord. Woo, glory to God. Excuse me, I'm about to get my starch shirt wrinkled here. I tell you what, this stuff's exciting when you think about what the Lord is doing. He's rejoicing over me because He's got such a big investment in me. He wants to see a return on His investment. He gave His best for me. Can I do any less than give my best for Him in return? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, and this is important, God does not see failure when He sees you. This is one thing 
that I think we have to get past. Because it becomes a problem in your own eyes. Because we, tend to, we have a tendency to keep score. <laughs> you know, we're going to remember, well, you know, you might see him like that now, but I remember what he used to be. I remember where she used to go. I remember the things she used to do. You know, we, we want to keep score for some reason. Us carnal people want to put down someone else to make us feel bigger and better. Hello? Ain't nobody saying amen. We want to make the other fella smaller so it makes us look bigger as if I would never do that. So therefore, the problem we have is that if I can downgrade you, then it's saying without saying it, I would never do that. So I'm making myself bigger when I make you smaller. And that is not the will of God. We're supposed to bless one another. We're supposed to speak blessings to one another. I'm supposed to bless you when you come in and bless you when you go out. I'm supposed to speak the blessings of the Lord over you. That God will make you the head and not the tail. He'll make you to go over and not under. That's the kind of God that I'm serving today. Glory to God. I've been on the bottom and I know what it feels like down there. And it ain't fun. But I want to tell you, just because you're on the bottom, it doesn't mean you got to stay on the bottom. And that's what I, the word that I want to give to you today. The just man gets up again. The just woman gets up again. I refuse to be defeated. God does not see the failure that I had in my life five years ago or 10 years ago or 40 years ago. God does not see the time that I messed up that I should have done this and I didn't do it, but I did something else. That's not what God sees you by. God sees you as being covered by the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, who loved you and died for you. Glory to God. God's looking, God is not looking at our report cards. God is not looking at our work schedules. He's not looking at our paycheck stubs to decide how valuable we are. God is looking at your heart and how much you love Him. Do you love Him enough to walk away from the wrong and do what is right? Do you love Him enough to decide I'm going to stick with the Lord? It doesn't matter what anybody else in my family, whether they serve the Lord or not, I'm going to serve the Lord. Whether or not anybody else goes to church, I'm going to church. Whether or not anybody else pays their tithes, I'm going to pay my tithe and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. That's what the Lord wants out of us. He's not interested, he's not interested in us uh, proving by how much money I make that that's how valuable I am. Jesus said, what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? 
I want you to understand how important that is. I want you to understand, first of all, that God's great love for you and He rejoices over you every moment of every day that you decided to be His child. Wow. You see, He loved us from the foundations of the world. When He was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and He prayed, Father, let this cup pass from me if it be Your will. He was not praying that God would deliver him from death. He knew he was going to die. The Bible says he was the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. He knew he was going to die. That wasn't what he dreaded. He dreaded the moment of separation from his father. And that's when he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was the thing that Jesus dreaded more than anything else was that moment of separation from His Father. Now if it was that important for my God, for my Savior and my Lord to be in constant communion with His Father, it must be important. It must be important for me to still be in communion with my Father every moment of every day. I learned something when I was growing up. My dad was one of those who always talked to the Lord. He was riding along in the cars. He'd say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. You know, and I picked that up as a child. And I try to do that all the time, all during the day. I say it out loud. I'm not ashamed of that name. I'm not ashamed to lift up that name. I say, Lord, thank you for your blessings. I'm such a blessed man. I got so much going for me. I got a wonderful place to live. And I got a great wife and, and a wonderful family. And a, uh, just an awesome church. And I'm just so blessed. God, I just thank you. I don't deserve your goodness. But I sure do thank you. You got a lot invested in me, Lord. And what you've started in me, you're going to complete it and perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to give up on it until the Lord says it's time to give up on it. Glory to God. And hallelujah. I just want you to know He's got a lot invested in you and He is working in you. He's done everything He can to bring you into His fellowship. And He never sees failure when He looks at you. Years ago, the Florida boys, I used to be a gospel DJ on the radio, and I knew all of the quartets and all of the gospel music in that day. Could sing them all, all the songs, all of them. The Florida boys came out with a song that says, What sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. From the book of life, they've all been torn out. I don't remember them anymore. After you become a Christian, after you have repented of your sins, and the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Once I do that and I receive that forgiveness it's over. There is no more sin to talk about. So when I keep going back to God and repenting again for what He's already forgiven, 
He's saying, what sins? What are you talking about? They're gone. They're over. What an awesome God we serve today. All of that past is over. Glory to God. We are a new creation in Jesus' life. Hallelujah. In His name. Hallelujah. When God sees me, He sees a Christian. When God looks at me, He doesn't see all of the failures and the mistakes and the junk that I've had in my life. He sees a man that has been covered by the blood of His precious Son, Jesus Christ. And that makes me happy. Hallelujah. Because He started to work in me. And He's going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand together. What an awesome God we serve. Hallelujah. Amen. Give Him praise and give Him glory in this house today. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. What an awesome God we serve. Lord, I love you today. I thank you for what you've done in my life. You found me, Lord. <laughs> you searched for me and, and you found me. You sent your son to die for me. You sent the Holy Spirit to find me and to deal with my heart and to convict me of my sins. And Lord, I want to thank you for that. Hallelujah. Didn't you sit your angels to camp round about me so that when I would speak a word and a command, your angels were there to help it become a reality. I like what Brother Dexter said to us the other day about the angels being available. All you got to do is command. We command. We've got angels that are here to take care of these things. God has sent them as ministering spirits. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Brother Dexter, I'd like for you to sing us a song while you're sitting there. How about give him a microphone?